<laughs> Are you with me? Well, turn your Bibles to uh, the book of Romans, chapter 4. And as you're beginning, in, in speaking of, of grace, we need to get rid of in our cultural thinking as a church or even the world, we need to get rid of the notion that prominence is the definition of significance. That prominence is the definition of significance. I will tell you, prominence happens to a few people. You see it in the Bible. Prominence happens to a few people, but significance is intended for every person. You are significant, and it's not something that you worked for. It is a position that God gave you. You are automatically, because you live on this earth, and then the ability to walk in the significance, you become born again. Serving God. You have a significant purpose on this earth where you're at today. Zephaniah 317, don't turn to that, stay with Romans. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He takes great delight in you. In his love for you, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. You know how we sing to the Lord? Did you know that the Lord sings over you? Wow. Are you at Romans chapter 4? All right, stay there. We're not going to get there yet. Again, we began a series called Living a Grace-Filled Life. Grace is an amazing thing. So let me remind you of some things that we talked about a couple weeks ago. All of us that have accepted Christ all of us at that time were so overwhelmed and amazed at what we felt when we received Christ, when we got saved. You knew because of your past life you didn't deserve it. Think about it. When someone sh shared with you the Son of God became a man, he died to pay for, pay for your sins, and all sin can be forgiven, and you will go to heaven because you proclaimed him Jesus Christ as Lord. See, the how of walking in a grace-filled life is to believe it. We finish with that. My question are you still amazed after all these years regarding that grace? And here's why I ask you this. The enemy tries to get us in a place in our life where we begin to move into works. Now, the Bible tells us a faith without works is dead. So there is actually a working of your life and of your faith life. 
But when we begin to spill over to the reality of the why do we have what we have is because of what we did, then we have forgotten what grace is. We've lost the reality, the amazement, the joy that this salvation brought us because we're going around trying to be this, trying to be the star over here, trying to do this, when we realize that everything in our life is a place, is a journey that we can learn from what we went through. And we begin, because of that maturity, begin to make correct choices. Even though we like this, even though we did this in a great way, and we did great things, we are to learn from those so that we can actually become and do what God called us to become and do from the foundation of the earth. That's found in Ephesians chapter 1. So follow me as, as I'm introducing this to you. We, we start serving in the church. We start reading our Bible. We start praying. We stop cussing most of the time. We stop smoking and we don't chew anymore and go with girls that do. We get a little better and we don't sin nearly as much as we used to. We then think maybe we don't need grace as we did before. Oh, we needed it back then because we just didn't know, but now we know. We, we didn't need it back then. You know, we needed it back then, but now today I'm more mature. I'm a child of God, and I know what that means. I can profess Scripture to you. I've memorized Scripture. And so really the grace, and you know, there, there was teaching, and I almost fell into it years ago where, you know, see, God takes you from grace and into faith. Now, you receive your grace because of your faith. You finding that out? See, see, we are saved because of grace through faith, because we believe it. We believe what God did and what he has set up for us. So keep with me now. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I can say I'm setting you up. Here it is. This is Holy Spirit led. I want you to be so thrilled regarding sustaining grace. And so overwhelmed today as you were when you first became born again of what God is still doing in your life because you believe, because of your belief in Him. Sustaining grace is just as good as that saving grace when you got born again. Because it's all grace and it is a power that helps you work the works of the kingdom of God by continuing to be a faith person. 
continuing to believe in the things that God has said to you. So today, and probably next week, it'll be next week, we're going to talk about the thrilling, amazing blessing of righteousness. Romans chapter 4, verse 1, speaks of Abraham. What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? According to his abilities. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. But if he has anything to boast about, he can't boast before God. Verse 3. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and then because of that belief in God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, to him who thinks it's what you do and how better you get in your Christian walk. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. In other words, you're going to have to continue and continue and continue and continue to bottom line, get saved. But to him who does not work, doesn't say who, who doesn't do good works, who doesn't, you know, is a good person, does good things. But to him who does not work or has that countenance or that attitude or that spiritual maturity, you know, who does not work, who knows it's not their works, what they've done, but believes on him who justifies what we all were, the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So the world doesn't understand righteousness because if they did, they would all want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That in that you can believe in Jesus and sin is taken out of your account and was put in Jesus' account. We'll talk about that a few weeks down the line. Out of your account, and the righteousness is put in your account. If you go to the mall, let me give you this. Or even go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, 20 more different programs like that. And you ask this question. What do you have to do to go to heaven? Let me ask you this. What do you think you're going to hear? What are people going to say mostly? What will be their answers? The answer you're most likely to hear is this. You need to be good and be a good person. Some will say, do more good than bad. Because they do recognize they do bad things. But I want you to recognize as a believer, you still do bad things. 
Their concept of grace is this. Hopefully, in your life, you will have more good in your account than you do bad in your account. And if it's that way, then you're going to go to heaven. It's based on your works, based on what you do. The only problem with this, let me just share with you, is I'm going to tell you God's standard. God's standard is not good. God's standard is perfect. So how am I going to get to heaven? How am I going to heaven? It's by grace, through faith, belief. So to go a little bit deeper with this, we're not going to take a long time here today. Next week we'll take longer in, in this, these principles. But let me ask you two questions. Is there anyone in this room that has broken every law? Think about it. That you've done, you've broken everything that you could, the law. The Living Bible uh, is a paraphrase of the King James Bible. And the guy who did the paraphrase, the Living Bible, he wrote it for his children to be able to understand the Bible. So let me read James 2.10 to you. And the person who keeps every law but makes one little slip is just as guilty as a person who has broken every law that there is. Remember the question I asked, did you break every law? Here's the second question. See if anyone raises their hands, all right? <laughs> How many of you ever in your life slipped a little bit? Go ahead, raise your hand. We all have. So according to Scripture, you and I have broken every law. Love you, Pastor. Thanks for that. It's really kind of like the death rate, 100%. Matter of fact, Pastor Angel, I'm, I'm a little shocked. In the English church, we got a bunch of sinners. Yeah, the Spanish church, okay. I was going to ask you that. Um, hopefully the Spanish church is, is better because we've broken every law. <laughs> yeah, Spanish too. Okay. James 2.10 says this, New King James. Whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all the law. So follow me. So if God's standard is perfect and none of us have been perfect, how do we go to heaven? It's really simple. We believe in the perfect one. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans 4.3 is a scripture we want to key on uh, to conclude with today. It says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In this verse, uh, today and next week, I will cover three things I want to explain to you. 
But I'll cover one today. The first one is, what is righteousness? What is righteousness? This is so important, church. What is righteousness? So, since I asked Pastor Angel, let me ask uh, or use Pastor Dan in this. If I say, you know, Pastor Dan is a righteous person. I've known Pastor Dan for decades. He is older than me. And he is a righteous person. (laughs) Speaking truth, right, Pastor? Yeah, okay. You probably would think, well, he lives righteously and he does righteous things. In other words, he's a good husband, he's a good father, he's a good employee, he's a good person, he's a good pastor. But, you know, he isn't perfect, but, to, but him, to the best of his ability, he lives righteously. And, you know, we probably, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, okay. But this is what I want you to know. You would be correct and right saying, pointing at Pastor Dan, that's a righteous person to the best of his ability. That's true. It's something we have to look at now. So listen closely. I'm going slower because I want you to grab it because I'm going to do a little play on words here. So let me say this. So for us to think about grace and works, here's a question or some questions. Is he righteous because he does righteous things? Or does he do righteous things because he is righteous? That's the whole difference between grace and works right there. Let me say it again. Is he righteous because he does righteous things? Or does he do righteous things because he is righteous? Now, is he righteous in God's sight because he does righteous things? Now, let me tell you what righteous means. Righteous, the root word of this word righteous means right or do the right thing. So is he right with God because he does the right things? Or does he do right things Because God, by grace, through faith, made him right with God. That's the difference. Again, you got to understand, that's the difference. That's where we begin to flow over, is that God thinks more of us and thinks we're righteous because we're doing righteous things. And your righteousness has zero to do with you doing righteous things or good things. So what's my point? Let me, let me just get you to this in a moment. So let me ask you uh, this question. Is don't you think if you realized that you were righteous because of grace through faith would change everything that you would think? 
and everything that you would do? Don't you think that when you get to a place in your life that you really realize your standing, right standing with God is based upon grace and not your works? It's based upon you believing that. And that's where a lot of Christians, a lot of people struggle is thinking that way. Because I hope I get to heaven... I hope I can because, you know, the things I've done in my past, I don't know if I've done so much that I can attain. We've all made the mistakes. We've all missed it. But your righteousness is based on the works of Christ Jesus. And in grace, it was a gift. And how you received that gift is you believed in him. And 100% of your righteousness comes by through him. Amen. So do you feel like you've had to fight for everything you have? It's just, oh, you know, the devil's out there and, and all this stuff. See, when you begin to understand who you are and your purpose and attaining and having victory is based upon this grace, then you're, not, you're going to stop, hopefully stop, asking the question, can I really do this because I've made this mistake? I've made this wrong choice. I've done this. I've done that. That's nothing based upon that. Most people say, absolutely. I fight all the time for everything I have. This is what I want you to say, and I'm going to give you me as an example. I feel like I've been given everything I have by God through grace. Everything that I've accomplished, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything I've accomplished in sports, everything I've accomplished in ministry, in the things that I've done, friendships, uh, relationships, uh, my home, all everything is a gift from God that was received by faith. Now, as I talked earlier, but have we all matured? And because you've matured, you've done it better, haven't you? You lived out your life better because... You've matured in what God gave you. You didn't work to have what you have, but you began to understand mature in what you have because you begin to understand righteousness. And you begin to understand that the righteousness is of Christ. And because of that right standing, you have the ability to do all things through Christ. Why? Because your standing is through Christ and not what you do. I'm telling you right now, especially online, man, your brain is just going 100 miles an hour because you've lived most of your life trying to prove your life. Trying to be that prominent person in the things that you do. But I want you to understand in who you are 
And whatever you do in life in obedience to Christ, it will be significant. And I'm not going to give you what that would be. I'm just saying in your life, God has a purpose and a plan and identity to be able to walk in the things that God has gifted you to walk in. You believe it, and then from that belief and faith, you work the works of God. You live those, those, that lifestyle, that belief system. It is a faith life because everything that I am is because he gave it to me. I just walked in it in faith. Are you with me? So the way you understand grace will affect the way you see God and it'll affect the way you relate to God. There are a lot of people that want to, they go to church like this. I hope he doesn't see me. Yeah. Because of that condemnation that you get from the enemy. Because when you have an idea that it's about your works, the enemy comes in and says, there are people better than you. You can't do that. Look at how you screwed up. Look at, you worked all your life for this, and then all this chaos happens, and you had to walk away from it. Man, you really blew it. You're messed up. You're never going to attain what you should. Look at so-and-so over there. So-and-so, they're really moving on, and they're successful. You know what? That is the enemy just looking at you and laughing at you. Why? Because you don't understand grace and righteousness. And it is the enemy coming in, stealing, killing, and destroying. It also, not understanding it, affects the way you see others and the way you relate to others. But it also will affect you the way you relate to others if you understand grace. So it really affects mainly the way you see yourself. In today's day, we have a lot of people in depression and all that. I just want to tell you, um, unless it's clinical depression, which can be healed through the work of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you a lot of uh, depression and all the things that are happening is because people don't understand God's grace. They don't have faith in it and they don't understand his righteousness in their life. And every single day, they're condemned by the enemy. And he will use people to condemn you too. So I ask the question, what is righteousness? The answer is righteousness is right standing with God. Righteousness is the state of being right with God, right standing with God. So another question, a lot of questions here, Can a righteous man do an unrighteous deed? Yeah. So if we have, you know, any question with that, I don't know, I'm righteous, I can't do a, uh, there's no way I can do that. Well, I just want to say to you, look in the mirror. See, ever since you believed in Jesus, You've done many unrighteous things. 
So a righteous person can do an unrighteous thing. So here's the bottom line. Can an unrighteous person do a righteous deed? Yes. An unrighteous person who hasn't been saved yet can do a righteous thing. They can come to church and do a righteous thing, but there's no heart behind it, and tithe and give to Maui. But does a righteous deed that the unrighteous person doesn't make him righteous? I'll say it again. But does the righteous deed that the unrighteous person does, doesn't make him righteous? The answer is no. He has to receive Jesus Christ. Another question, does the unrighteous deed the righteous person does, a saved person, does that make him unrighteous? No. So when you're going around and you're trying to be everything God's called you to be and you mess up, that doesn't make you unrighteous because it's not based upon your works. It's not based upon what you do. It's based upon Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's grace. Oh, but I'm telling you, all these works people are just shuddering. Just go, yeah, but, yeah, but what if they... What if they continue? What if they do this? What if they do that? Remember the disciples? How many times do we need to forgive them? In other words, okay, I made it. I did it right because I did it this many times. Because I'm righteous by position, not by performance. You are righteous by position. How do you get the position? The position is that you understand the grace of salvation, that Jesus Christ died for you, who knew no sin, took your sins and your sickness and disease upon his body, and he died. He rose again on the third day in victory so that you can rise up out of dead and have life by believing in that grace, that gift, by faith, and in faith, then you start doing good works. But when you mess up, that doesn't make you unrighteous because it's not based on your works or what you did to get saved. And, and so when we, we begin to walk in this area, we, we, get, we struggle. And I know right now, I am just, there's a bell, there's a a hammer going ging, ging in your head because it's rocking your belief system. Because a lot of our belief system, especially as we grow in the Lord, begins to turn into self-righteousness. We begin to turn into, because I do all this is why, okay, now, Stick with me in this series, but I'm, I'm going to give you examples. I'm going to give you things in the Bible. I'm going to show you things of grace. And I'm going to answer those questions. Well, how long does it take for you to, to uh, not be saved? And how much 
bad you're going to do to not be saved and all, all the different questions we have. And let me just tell you, because we don't understand grace, let me say it this way, those are really good questions. But I said it the way I did at the beginning is because I am still growing in it, but I understand grace. And to me, those questions, sorry, I'm going to say it, are foolish. Because when you ask questions based on an untruth, because you're asking a question based upon how you got saved was because you became good, then how much can I do to not get Now, let me say it. I'm not teaching Calvinism. Once saved, always saved. Because that's not biblical. You receive Christ, you can reject Christ. But that's between you and God. Okay? And, and so we're, we're going to give you this, this realization. And, and I'll tell you, um, that's why I miss Pastor Ben Lozano. Because he went into the jail system. Calvinism running rampant. What they needed to hear, they're okay. No matter what you do, you're okay. They didn't teach, believe in the gift of God that he died for you. And so God chose you, and so no matter what you've done, you've murdered 500 people, and you've done all this, and you're okay. Just go on and live the way you are. I'm being extreme in that doctrine, but I want to tell you because I'll probably get a letter. Someone's going to watch me, and they might say something on our uh, page, but... Um, I'm okay with that. I get that. But I'm trying to get you out of that it's all about what you do. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Let's quickly close with this. Does the unrighteous deed the righteous person does does that make him unrighteous? No. Because you have position in Christ, not position in works. Now, again, it's wrong to do unrighteous things. And we do in this world suffer consequences from doing those things. I can actually go down a road to where I could actually destroy my life if I allow anger to stay in my life. Bottom line, I'm put in right standing with God by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what righteousness is. How many of you have lived your life based on a wrong understanding of grace? You don't have to raise your hand. But you're feeling condemned. You feel like you've had to work for everything you got. Everything is chaos. Everything's struggle. Everything, you know. And when we believe that, let me tell you, the enemy knows that. And he's going to make sure you're always having trouble. Because you're always going to believe in a wrong principle, a wrong doctrine. So let me close by reading Romans 5, verse 8 through 21. And as, as I read this, 
Think about everything that I said. This is Paul's theme of most everything, 75% of what he wrote. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And now that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation or reconciled back to God, relationship, right standing. Therefore, because of what I just read, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. You were born in sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. You see that? Condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, everyone say much more, much more those who receive abundance of grace, that's what I'm trying to get you to go to, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, because of that, therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life resulting in, it's a done deal. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, you are justified like you've never sinned, just as you've never sinned. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound so you can see your need for Christ But where sin abounded, what abounded more? Grace abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through 
Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I know they're telling us the storm's coming. But we win. Hello, justified people. Hello, born-again believers, sons and daughters of the Most High. Because of the work of Jesus Christ and your faith in His grace gift, salvation. You are saved. Let's all stand. Oh, I got much more on this. Next week we'll cover it. I just looked at my notes and said, should I go a little further? No, I better. They just told me. I know I'm running late, but this is important. You walk in grace. In Jesus' name, I proclaim a blessing over every person here, an overwhelming revelation of grace through faith in their homes, their relationships, and everything they put their hands to. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for being here. Swim home safely.